just also person sitting next to you, if you were in the 80s, would you have big hair in the front or a mullet at the back? Just ask them. Look, I can't help imagining Umani with a with a with a afro. You know, one of the one of the men that went to the event is he's got a bald head, and he he had a conflict because he, he googled um, personalities in the in the eighties like icons with bald heads, and there was none. <laughs> it was the era for those with hair, you know. But praise the Lord, the 90s came and we had the Vin Diesels and all the guys, so there's a place for everyone, hair or no hair. I got sidetracked. Please forgive me. I've got a weakness. <laughs> Let me just pray for us. Oh Lord, as we are in your house, it really feels like a, a home this morning. Uh, it really feels like we are gathered as... As, as family, as brothers and sisters before you, I know you have a message for us. I know you want to bless us this morning, challenge us and move us. Minister to us, Holy Spirit, by the word of God. Amen. Andres, Pastor Andres this morning is preaching at Shofar Wellington. And um, last week I was preaching in Stellenbosch. Next week I'm going to George. And then when I'm here, he will be at another church again. So you'll see one of us for the next six weeks. Uh, just know that we are not on a holiday every second week. We have the privilege to go and help with some other churches because we are two pastors. And that's really um, something great that, that God is showing to us about this church. Is we have the ability to touch um, lives beyond um, and that's just a privilege so thank you for everyone thank you for your grace and also allowing us to minister and touch in different places uh, it's just really a privilege to be a part of Shafar Hermanus and let our uh, faith and leadership extend also to other congregations I want to talk this morning on the battle for your heart The battle for your heart. And what I will do is I will start with the passage that Pastor Andres preached on last week because this morning starts on the very next verse. So let's just read together. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you young men because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Pastor Andre spoke on this progression from moving from spiritual milk to eating solids in the spirit. Now what happens is when someone comes to the faith, it's very important that that person be surrounded by believers because in the beginning we need help, we need answers, we need someone to give us milk. Um, but as we grow, we never exit the fellowship of the brothers because they become our brothers and we become accountable. 
but we come to a place where we start feeding ourselves from the word. That should start day one, by the way. That's not plain uppies, all right? But as we grow, we start to feed ourselves in Scripture. We pray to God ourselves. And just to quote Andres, he actually said the ideal is that when you come to church, everything you hear here, everything you hear here, is only a confirmation of what you maybe have heard God already say to you um, as you are studying at home, also reading the Word. All right. This progression, we want you to grow. We we want the congregation to grow because we want the kingdom to come. We want more people to fall in love with Jesus and be discipled. But we don't only want to have a wide congregation with many heads. We want each one of you to grow in the Lord. That is our heart, and that is what you will get from the pulpit, and that's what you will get with everything that happens here. We are a church designed to make you uncomfortable if you wanted a church where you cannot grow. <laughs> you will be uncomfortable here. So one or two things will happen is you will be encouraged to grow or maybe you will go. And I pray for number one to happen. Amen? Amen. The very next verse starts like this. Do not love the world. Now, let me, let me just stop there for a moment. I want to tell you that each and every one of us here, we were made in whose image? We were made in God's image. God is love. And He loves us with an everlasting love. And when He looked down on us in heaven and His heart broke, God the Son came down into this world because of love. To reach us and die for us. For God so loved the world. He sent his son. And we are made in his image. So there is nothing wrong with you. When you drive your car. And you go past a young child on the streets. And you don't know where they live. What they have to eat maybe. And it touches you. Emotionally. Maybe you cry. Maybe you don't want to look. We've got ways to deal with this. There's nothing wrong with you. When love cuts into your heart like that, you are created in his image. When he looked down, he responded with love. And so often when we look in this world, we find our hearts broken. We were made to love. We have the ability to love. Marriage, an expression of the love of God between Jesus and the church, was not a man-made, thought-up institution. It was made by God. And so sometimes we long to marry, we long to be loved. When we lose a loved one, what happens to our hearts? It breaks. There's nothing wrong with you. You are made like that. With an ability to love furiously. And you were made with the ability to fall in love with God. Which would then be your eternal love forever and ever and ever. And sometimes we sense Him. Sometimes we sing these songs, these words, and our hearts, there's nothing. You can't put it on an Excel sheet, but you just know there's love here. That is how we were created. 
But because we are fallen, ons is vatbaar om verleid te word in ons harte. We are susceptible to be taken on a detour of love if the enemy comes in on the right angle because he knows we were created for love. And there is at least, well in this section, three roads to your heart that you have to govern, that you have to guard because if you leave it unchecked, these are avenues of love into your heart that if they are taken over by the enemy, he feeds into your heart in the name of love, poison that will hurt you. Can I give you one example just as we start? A young girl grows up. This happened in our homes. And you, see, you, know, you remember her as such a lovely person. Loves everything. Birds, schoenlappers, mom, dad. And there's a desire to love. And one day, that road gets taken by an abusive man. Man, she opens her heart because she loves. Or for want for love from this person. And this love, which is created by God, this road gets hijacked and she falls from abusive relationship from one to the next. This happened because of a road that's connected to your heart, love. And we can lose the redemptive part of our hearts, which are made to love God and it can fall prey to this world. It's one example. Are you with me this morning? There's a battle for your heart and there are three dangerous roads that you and I must govern. And just before I head into it quite directly, I, I, let me just read from verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We see there's a conflict there. Someone else has taken over the heart there. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but from the world. Now that word, that word desire can also be translated the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes. What it means is to set the heart after. Okay. And the world is passing away, along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Right. It's sometimes hard to know when we are, for a moment, slipping away from being close to God. This can happen to a community. These roads can find its way into us as a church, or this can happen to an individual. Now, one way to see this or to sense this is that we move from being plugged in like this, the things we dream about, wonder, pray about, um, my relationship with God, my hope in Him, my love for Him, how I trust in Him, how I contemplate what He wants me to do with my life, and I shift my focus, it almost falls down to what I can trust on here on earth what I can live for here on earth, what I love for here on earth. And, and so, so sometimes very gently, 
everything that's important to me it falls down here and some of these things in essence are not bad things it's only it can be elevated as an idol family is one of those things family cannot exist in our hearts above god then family is an idol now one day our family as we know it will fall away and then our hearts will break right but if our hearts are in god he shows us how to love our family and when we deal with family with all the things that happens in this world all of us will live all of us will die and then continue he strengthens us to love our families in a way that there's hope for us okay so so all these things even good things once it is elevated above god we have an idol right the fact that you are able to work whose idea was that god once that is elevated above him it is now an idol and it can destruct you it can be an avenue into your heart well i'm getting a little bit sidetracked let's head into this the first road into your heart is simply the desire of the flesh number one i'm just putting it up there there will be three dangerous roads that you must guard for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh. Verse 16, that's where we are at, the desires of the flesh. What is that? What is John trying to help us with this morning? Now, when you talk about these things, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, they are connected to one another. They do flow from one another. I'm going to try and emphasize their differences a little bit so that it might help you. Maybe you get an aha moment and you can actually be set free once you get this and act on it. The desire of the flesh speaks about the primal, you can almost say the primal or instinctive ways that we were made as humans. For example, we are primarily a spirit for eternity, but we must eat. Okay. Why must we eat? Because we must sustain our human body. Even though this body, this body will return to the soil and our spirits will be with God, we need to feed this body so that it can be a vehicle for the work we need to do on earth. Are you with me? Okay. So the need to eat, it is something your flesh needs right to sleep that's something your flesh needs all right but here's the thing you can exercise leadership over the area of your flesh okay the holy spirit helps you to lead your flesh because if it is the other way around we fall prey to a great number of dangers can i give you one example and if we are not aware awake we cheer we think this sounds great we get on television on seven the lawn which is i don't know if it's still going on but even 20 years back our children looking at how a married man says i have to divorce my wife i cannot help it because i fell in love with my secretary what is he saying he's saying I am subject under my fleshly desires and so whatever my flesh tells me to do I must just do it the heart wants what it wants right it I just fell in love with another person's spouse 
And then you get people liking it and say, yes, that's true. No one can stop love. That is junk. If such thinking penetrates the church, we have fallen away as individuals and as a church. Now, let me give you a, 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 a very basic example of this. So you come to the Lord and you now want to grow in your faith you, you, or you want to reconnect with him. You've known him for many years, but you have, you've almost you've lost your speed as a disciple. You decide, okay, I need to read the word of God every day because it feeds my heart, it feeds my spirit. But the thing is, once my day starts with the children, I'm so tired at night. If I don't read in the morning, I will not read. Some of you think that way, right? Now, what you have to do is you need to exercise leadership over your flesh. You need to set an alarm clock, right, for five o'clock or whatever that might be. But when that alarm goes off, we've got your first battle for the day. Will your flesh give guidance to your spirit or will your spirit rise above? And we think it's a simple example, but I tell you what, believers struggle to rise with their bodies to feed their spirits. Are you with me? So you say, I might feel tired now, but I will exercise leadership over this body and you get up make yourself a lovely cup of tea or coffee you find your place you put on your light and you feast on the word of god when you come to 12 o'clock one o'clock two o'clock you pick up there's something about this day that feels amazing that feels great that means you have fed your spirit man and we actually sense it in our bodies also because we are connected our spirits it inhabits our bodies Believers who can champion and lead their flesh grow into maturity. All right. What we hear, what I sometimes hear myself, I must take leadership. For example, you've got a small group, right? Or a prayer group, and it rains. I know sometimes there's practicalities with kids, but just go with me. You're like, I feel too tired to keep my commitment and you submit and you back up sometimes we must lead our flesh if we want to grow spiritually are you with me this morning you and i we both have to do it the devil says to eve look at that fruit just I mean, imagine biting through it. Imagine just having it. She bends a knee. She takes it. The devil takes Jesus in the desert. Jesus is separating himself unto God. He's waiting for God to feed him. The angels will come from heaven. His help will come. And here the enemy comes. He knows this avenue. He says, tell this stone to be bread. There's nothing wrong with eating bread. There's nothing wrong with eating. You must eat to sustain your flesh but check here Jesus says no why he says to the devil and he shows us I will not take instruction from your finger I will wait let us not take instructions from the finger of the enemy 
the desire of the flesh. It is a road. We have to live in these bodies. We were made like that. God chose it. You can be a leader. You can be a steward of this body. Amen? You can be a steward. He will give you the power. The Holy Spirit will help you. Second road that you have to govern over is the desire of your eyes. The lust of your eyes. Your eyes, the ability of your eyes to long after. Now, this, once again, it is an ability given by God, placed in us that can be taken by the enemy. Let me give you one example of how God looks at our eyes, our ability to see. Holy, holy, holy. He's the Lord God Almighty. I'm imagining him sitting there who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing. You see, what am I doing? I'm beholding him. I'm fixing. I'm fixing my eyes on him. And then I'm leading my spirit in what I'm seeing. We have the ability to behold and be set on fire in our hearts. Now, once this ability, the ability of our eyes, our imagination gets captured, it can get us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> David walks onto the roof of his house and the scripture says, he sees a woman. Did I put that scripture on there? Yeah. 2 Samuel 11, he says, as it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of a king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. Okay, so it captures his eyes. Then he takes action and he inquired about the woman. What has happened? His ability to observe, to behold has moved down a level. And now what is, it, it's, it's inflaming his heart and he starts to imagine having this woman as his own, maybe his wife, and he makes plan, he, he impregnates the woman, he kills her husband, and this is the thing that tore the family of David apart. It started with this, the lust of the eyes. This is a very, very important road to your heart. And you have a responsibility to govern that. Isn't that true? Satan takes Jesus up and he says, look here. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Now at that moment, Jesus has set his foot on the earth and the kingdom of God has started to come. It will come in a more fuller sense one day when Jesus returns, cast the enemy up forever, and his reign will be different then. Because he won't reign among sin anymore. Sin will be eradicated. But in this time, it is an in-between time. It kingdom has come, but it will come more fully. Whose kingdoms are those that the enemy are showing Jesus? It is his inheritance. It is the inheritance of the Son. And the enemy gives him a shortcut. 
He says, bow down here, I'll give it to you now. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I will not take it. Why? Why? When the lust of the eyes is coming for us, it sometimes shows us something that's not bad, but offer us an ungodly way to obtain it. All right? A good thing by evil means. Watch out. Watch out. He is gunning for your heart. Psalm 119, verse 37, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Be with the help of the Holy Spirit, the champion of what you behold as beautiful in this world because it will set your heart a light and it will get your feet to move after it and it is always there's always a hidden agenda for you to end up with a bitter taste in your mouth most of the people that i've met most of the times when we when we when we when we love on people that's struggling in the marriage they always say this they always say we we did not know that we would end up here it's trick upon trick upon trick. Guard your heart and let the Holy Spirit help you with this. And uh, when they talk about, when Jesus speaks about the different soils of the heart, he speaks on this one in uh, Mark 4.19. It's not on there, but I'm just going to read it for you. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choke the word away. We are living in a world we are called to be stewards, but once our hearts are sold to deceitful things here, it can get us into a great number of troubles. God, your heart, take that road back. Amen? And then the last one, the pride of life. Just read that scripture again. It says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world, and it is passing away. Now, this is a difficult one to get our head around, but I think this will help us. This is the reason why the devil fell. All right? It is literally an arrogant assumption of your position. That's what it is. Once I fall prey to this, I have a misconception of my position before God. Right? I don't see clearly where I am and where I fit. Now, this might help you this morning. I want you for a moment to think of God sitting on the throne, most like we prayed at the end of worship, and you being on earth. And from his throne, he's looking upon your life, like on the life of Job, and nothing falls through his fingers, and he instru instructs your life. All right? Are you open? To receive from the one on the throne what he has for you. Will you take it? 
Will you take what he gives and will you give what he takes? That is what this is speaking about. Am I ready to submit under his lordship? The king comes down and he washes feet, the dirty feet of the disciples. Even the one who betrays him, he comes and he serves. What is he teaching us about this? What is he teaching us about the pride of life? We must be extremely careful of what the world is putting out there today, especially in the prosperity gospel. Be very aware of things and one-liners and stuff that teaches you how amazing you are. You are amazing. You were made by him. I'm saying be very wary of how that lands on your heart. The king washed feet. He served. And so what we believe about ourselves gets us to exalt ourselves above others. We have fought prey to this road we have moved into pride it is very very dangerous and so often I'll be honest with you I'll say this when people often when new people come into church even in Secunda when people come and they quickly present what position they had at another church or who's the, who discipled them in the in the city I'm very wary I'm very wary I will build with a man who comes with a towel ready to serve the church but when people come with a position just watch out don't lead with your position lead with your heart to serve it is guarding that avenue your gift will make room for you your gift will be seen and touched in the community and God will use you but come with humility protect that avenue in your heart do you know what's one of my greatest dangers for me for Werner to think I am better than anyone here because I stand here I just have a different function that's the only difference between us I am not better but if for a moment, if for a moment I walk in this door and I think, oh, you know, it's right that those people pack the chairs because, you know, I'm the preacher, it has entered my heart. And I am losing my fitness for this role, which is intended to come with humility. God, this where you go, where you work, you are called to serve and love. Follow after him, after his example. The man in your company, okay, where you work, who does not need the position, he's the one the people need in the position because he's there to serve. A man who wants to cling to it, who makes a case for it, be very wary. Be very wary. It is about him. God over the desires of your flesh. All right, it will be there. You must eat, you must sleep. It is part. Be a leader over it. All right. Let the Holy Spirit help you. 
you are not the prey of what your flesh wants right you are not the animal like the new atheists are telling you you are just dancing to the rhythm of your dna no it's not true of you you are loved wonderfully made and you've been given the spirit to help you govern your eyes the desires of your heart when your heart is set aflame by something take it to god in prayer exercise faith over it be humble speak to your brother say listen my heart is leaping for this and i just want to make sure i'm honoring god right and i just want to say with that don't calm your heart down don't make your heart cold that heart is made to furiously love the lord to be inflamed with passion towards him You're supposed to sing here until you don't have a voice left and feel him so i'm not saying put your heart in the fridge i'm saying point it up seek for an opportunity to serve like jesus not a position it gets us into trouble amen i'm finishing off jesus say saying for us you shall love the lord your god he wants your love that's why you can love that's why your heart some of you are shy because whenever you sing you start to cry cry man there's nothing wrong with it you made that way and if someone laughs at you give me their names they're not allowed to have coffee afterwards okay <laughs> you are made with a heart that breaks before him passionately loves him and with all your all your heart and all your soul with all your mind with all your strength your flesh your body feed it well okay because we need your body to carry your calling on earth rule over it i have come from another congregation which i also love very much but i want to tell you there's something special here don't don't let the years and the months pass you while you are here you don't know how long there's something happening here take charge get plugged in open your heart amen let's stand in this place as we finish off I'm going to be up front I'm going to facilitate a moment for each and everyone to just reconsecrate these pumping furious hearts back to God that's what I want us to do this morning so let's just present ourselves to him ah, Lord you made us with abilities to love and explode with emotion but in humility we have to acknowledge we can be easily tricked you are in heaven you see everything we see in part we fall prey to dirty tricks the enemy comes and he wins our hearts through people and arguments and 
the desires of our flesh, but we consecrate our hearts to you this morning. Oh, we want to love big, Lord. We want to explode in love. We want to be passionate. We don't want to be toned down. The week when you gave yourself for us, the passion of the Christ, with what love he has loved us, that's the love we want alive here. So in humility we say we are easily swayed, Lord. And we can get deceived. It is so much misperception in us if we think we are above being deceived. We can be tricked. But then the Holy Spirit can come and help us again. Amen. Just for a a sign for you to remember what I want you to do is you specifically feel you just need to press your heart back to God then I just want you to raise your hand very high just as a sign for you thank you for those hands just to remember you did it man there was a it's a small step but it's a step nonetheless so Lord I consecrate this heart back to you the desire of my flesh the desires of my eyes and pride of life. I just consecrate everything. I yield myself to you. Just put up your hand and say, I'm I'm taking a small step. I'm doing that. That's where I'm starting. You can lower your hand. Where you are standing, I want everyone to partake. Tell him how much you love him. Aim your love. Thank him for how he has made you. If you are a crier, you cry for everything. Thank him. You have the ability to love. Then I want you to bring your heart before him because, because we have the ability to love, we become vulnerable and we can be hurt. We can become hard and we can become bitter. I tell you what, he knows how to bring healing been through I know these people here that has unfortunately have to go through a divorce and it has broken your heart or have to bury in a